I'll answer anybody's question but yours, because you're an idiot. My wife can score more than two buckets on 11 shots, because I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my All right, so this should be our final four preview podcast, Tim. We should uh, have the, just twist the, the teams getting set in Atlanta right now, but no Moss, we, no NCAA tournament. I mean, I think the one thing that this whole quarantine has definitely kind of settled in my mind is how quick the NCAA tournament goes. Yeah. And just <laughs> how few days there are of actual basketball during the NCAA tournament. I mean... It's just four, four days each weekend. I, I don't think that ever really settled in my mind Yeah. until right about now. At the same time, though, these past two weeks have been the slowest two weeks of my life, I think. So it feels like it was still forever ago when the NCAA made that decision to cancel it. So it's like, you know, like everything, it time flies, but also it goes by really slowly. But you're right. I mean, it's that first two rounds are four days and they're so jam-packed that you blink and it's over basically and then all of a sudden there's 16 teams left and it starts at 68 of course yeah it's 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 interesting how how we've everyone's kind of been processing these last couple of weeks i mean i think the first two weeks were definitely the hardest for me but week three actually like it's been a long a long week but it hasn't been a a painful week like Am I missing? Would I kill to have a baseball game on right now, or or even the Final Four on right now? Yeah, obviously. But I feel like I'm doing fine now without it. It's yeah. starting to to hit me that it's eh, this is all right. I I can I can manage right now. I saw a funny tweet that was there's no such thing as AM and PM. It's coffee time and I think wine time. Yeah, I guess beer time one. could also apply. But that's kind of how I feel. I've just stopped keeping track of the days, and I've stopped really checking the clock as much, and just naturally it feels like the weeks are going by faster because we're talking today on Thursday, and I have to like check my phone to see what the day is that we're talking because that's where we're at right. in life. You, you wake up, and basically the day, the, the pattern of the days now is you, you get going once the sun comes up and you start to wind down once you see the the sun go down I think you're right no one's really clock checking anymore no absolutely not but anyway I, I guess we got some content this week to talk about a little bit which is kind of nice even though I wish it was final four talk of course yeah uh, so this is made for March first of all <laughs> second of all as we've actually entered April now, so John Rothstein's got about a month until he can finally start sleeping and stop letting us know about all these mini-series that, that these teams are putting together. Like, was it? I think I saw Minnesota and Mississippi State are doing a home-and-home home today or, or something like that. Yeah, he's all over it. He, he's all over this stuff. He's all over the transfer portal. The transfer portal continues to grow, even though there are no games. You know this what? Is gonna be it's a- funny with him. He's just such a volume shooter. Like... I always think of TaylorMade and golf because, as you know, I'm a golfer. Their whole philosophy with marketing back in the day more so was let's just, like, get everyone. So, like, let's get the mini tour yeah. guys and the web.com tour guys and everything so that we can say number one professional driver. When in reality, like, like they can say that without <laughs> it being the wrong thing because they just have, like, 300 guys. That's John Rothstein because I saw, like, Ryan Murphy from Pittsburgh, he said his list, and 
Like, I'm not nothing against Ryan Murphy from Pittsburgh, but he's just like a role player for them, right? And he's just all over, like, these mid-major recruits and everything so that it just looks like he's breaking so much news when in reality, he's probably the only person reaching out to these guys. So by default, he has to break the news a little bit. So I'm pulling up Rothstein's Twitter right now, and I think we got our last tweet saying Jake Marsh, the future. Oh, that's because great. I don't know it, for anyone who hasn't seen the news, our guy Jake Marsh, who was on this podcast and was kind of previewing a potential run for Vermont that we ended up never getting. Um, but he he's going full time at Barstool Sports now, so he he's leaving the post Shout at Vermont him. Basketball. Uh, but yeah, congrats to Jake, Jake Marsh, the future. And uh, this is probably the last time we'll get a Jake Marsh, the future tweet out of Rothstein since he's no longer with Vermont anymore. So yeah, that'll. That that's gonna feel weird. We haven't gotten a lot of the the signature uh, Rothstein tweets about the coaches, which I think we were all expecting hot and heavy once we got into March, and maybe even the spawn of some new ones as well. But the reason why we are coming at you today is because HBO released their new documentary the other night, The Scheme, which was kind of the the tell all of the corruption of college basketball and the FBI case, what happened and what went wrong. Christian Dawkins was the focal point of this. He, he was the star of the show. Yeah. He, even though we knew that we were getting the tapes, which at some point I thought we were not getting because they held them off forever. Probably the (laughs) final, what 15 minutes or so of it. But yeah, so it's a, it's, it it was a, hmm. it, It was an interesting documentary for sure. I think the the scene was set right out of the gate when they show when they show the the Jerry Tarkanian quote, yeah, on the black screen and says nine out of ten coaches are cheating, the other one is in last place, and awesome boom, quote. that's when we knew we had something right there. Yeah, um, so I, I just kind of I I was definitely intrigued. There was a lot of stuff I didn't know about uh, definitely about Christian Dawkins background and kind of how he was this up-and-coming worldwide west of of college basketball and really he wasn't in this to be around college basketball he was in this to be around the nba and mm-hmm. college basketball is just kind of the vehicle at the time like if we don't have the one and done rule then christian dawkins is a free man right now. yeah it was i thought it was a good documentary i watched it with my mom which she thought it was good too it's just funny yeah i watched it with is... my mom too yeah, right. This is where we're at in life. Like we have to stay at home and and watch with our parents and and it was it was enjoyable. Um, I I think it confirmed everything that we already knew in regards to that this is just happening at an abundant rate. Like players are getting paid, and that's common knowledge for everyone. And the more they talked about like some of the comparisons to Google and how if they I think who was it Wetzel that made that comparison. Yeah. What was the exact comparison he made? Do you remember? It, it was, was basically if if Google or Amazon offered kids X amount of dollars to come work for them for a summer while they're in college and kind of like foster them in, like we're, we're considering that an outreach program. Whereas yeah, we're putting in the college newspaper. basketball, we've got the FBI coming after right. us. It, it really does. Speaking just... of Wetzel, by the way, I, yeah. I got to say um, – since when is and this? Is, you're good for it once every single documentary. There's always one guy who's sitting alone in a warehouse. Yeah, like Dan Wetzel's background. He is alone in a warehouse, pretty much. It's just the a lawyer giant was empty, too. 
Yeah, you get you always get one guy alone in a warehouse, and I don't understand the, the rationale for that in, yeah. in documentaries. But you're good for. I'm sure we'll get the warehouse shots whenever this Jordan documentary comes out in two, about two weeks now. Yeah, I'm excited um, for that. That's gonna yeah. be awesome. I think, of but, course, the obvious you know disclaimer here is we only really heard from Christian Dawkins. Like, I know they had the lawyer and they had Wetzel and they had some other, you know, they had his parents, of course, but the whole thing was themed around his point of view with this whole thing. Right. And I think that it just goes without saying that when it's only him and it's themed around his point of view and he's able to crack some jokes and at the end of the documentary, like, I thought he was a pretty likable guy. I mean, he had some funny lines in there and it seems like from his vantage point, he was an entrapment or something like we threw around that word early on because it did feel like he was trying to get out of it at times. And the FBI was sort of panicking because they realized they weren't doing a great job selling what they are and that this is the purpose that they're bringing. But I don't know. I mean, to me, my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is the NCAA or rather the FBI, I guess I should say, just really botched this whole thing. And yeah, nothing has changed since then like nothing really happened from this right i guess rick patino lost his job i don't really i mean we haven't we thought there was going to be more tapes but like will wade is still coaching at lsu and when you hear his tapes at the end there it's really astonishing that it's pretty damning yeah yeah like what did the fbi get out of this they took down christian dawkins but i mean even he's now with atlantic records and seems to be doing fine and like he just probably pumped up his image a little bit based on that documentary so they took down a guy but it was not anyone that was tied to the like it wasn't the right guy and they didn't make any accomplishments here and they just spent a ton of money and obviously there was some things that they did wrong in the case as well but I wouldn't be happy if I was the FBI director watching that documentary. It, it's certainly interesting because pretty much the fact that they want to go to Vegas is the whole reason this thing gets thrown down the toilet. Because if they say say they go and do this thing at, at Peach Jam, that, like that whole meeting where they end up uh, converging and stuff like that. Like if Jeff D'Angelo is in Georgia for Peach Jam, I mean, this whole thing passes because he's not out spending all this money on, on gambling and stuff like that. I completely forgot about that wrinkle to the story that he went out and just goes about his time and, and just pisses away all this government right. money on gambling. I completely forgot that whole wrinkle and, and the whole mismanagement of that money. But it started to make me think from this whole thing because I, I watched this and I've also been watching McMillions which is about yeah. the whole corruption of the the McDonald's monopoly game in the the early 2000s late 90s and it made me think th- these are the same exact documentaries that I'm watching right now like the the entrapment words being thrown around i mean Jeff D'Angelo for those who have watched McMillions Jeff D'Angelo is basically the the uh Doug Matthews of of this documentary and it's just the FBI agent who except Doug Matthews really only has one major blunder, whereas Jeff D'Angelo is screwing up left and right. It's the same whole premise of the documentary. And I I found it very intriguing that these parallels were all across both HBO, and and it's pretty interesting stuff. So if 
Also check out McMillions if you got some time. But no, oh, this everyone's uh, got time. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got time these days. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting out of the gate was that Dawkins was pretty much. I mean, he he was dragging in money really early on at a really early age back when yeah. he was in high school. I mean, he was getting these college coaches to pay him six hundred dollars a piece for his for his like Michigan basketball rankings, where he he even ranked himself number one and put himself at six two. Yeah, I mean, th- this guy was a hustler from the get go. You heard him talk about the the Under Armour contract that he negotiated in the early going with his AAU team. I mean, th- this was. This guy was a hustler, and I mean, he he kind of hustled his way to the top too. From it, he did. He he, it was kind of impressive, but also like, I don't know. I just wish we could have gotten a more balanced view at this thing because, like Marty Blazer, for example, and for those that don't remember exactly who that guy was, I don't even really know how to define him. But he was like kind of an informant for the FBI because he was in a lot of trouble with the SEC. So then he sort of set up the meet with his friend who knew, of course, Dawkins, and that's how... He was kind of facilitating this thing and working undercover with the FBI the whole time. And he went While from, making really terrible movies, too. Like, did, yeah. did Marty Blazer make Thunderstruck or something like that? I mean, you, you right. heard Dawkins just bashing every single one of his Thunderstruck. ideas. Thunderstruck. <laughs> you got something against that. That's the Kevin Durant movie, right? Yeah. yeah. The one that <laughs> Kevin Durant says, I will never make another movie again. Yeah, that was a pretty awful movie. Uh, but anyway, that guy... I mean, when I read the credits or however you want to define that thing at the end when they say where everyone is now, and Blazer went from, I think it was like 60-something years that he was set to have in prison to probation for a year and no prison time. Like, to me, that's there's a flaw there with our government, our whatever. Like, the FBI took a guy who should have been riding in a jail cell really the rest of his life based on what these accusations were and how they portrayed him. I mean, I don't know Marty Blazer, but just based on what this documentary showcased him as, and the fact that he was supposed to get that sentence, and then he goes to just probation. It's like, why is he getting off scot-free, and Dawkins is the main culprit here? And I got to say, it was pretty admirable to an extent that Dawkins just sort of fought that thing all the way through and was not willing to back down and I think the FBI, I mean, again, this is all just sort of speculation. We we don't know. But to me, the FBI probably thought they were going to get him to turn based on how it's not like they jumped the gun, but they approached him pretty early in the process, it seems like. And once they approached him, you know, he was a little bit floored, but he said, like, I need to speak to my lawyer. And then obviously they brought in like the machine guns and everything, which seems yeah. a little bit outrageous. Yeah, I mean that that stuff straight out of a movie there. Yeah. Uh, that whole thing and like I mean Christian Dawkins I I think he's he's right in the sense of breaking NCAA rules is not a federal crime. Like let, no. let's be honest. It's not. And I don't know why the FBI wants to target college basketball as this source, but I mean people have been clamoring for for paying the players forever, all right? So uh it, I, I that's where I, I kind of find exception to it and I at the end of this whole documentary again it, it was definitely Dawkins telling the story and, and not as much from the other side but it was I, I kind of sided with Christian Dawkins not not I didn't necessarily feel 
bad for him. Right. But he did something I, wrong. I took his side. I, yeah. I took his side. He was trying to to help others in a sense while also, I mean, he's getting his own by by getting all the I mean, at the end of the day, he's doing this to make money, but I mean, he he seemed like he was well on his way to to being one of the next big super agents of the the basketball world from this. Yeah. I to me, like I said, it just confirms everything we already know. You know, we knew Sean Miller was kind of a scumbag and maybe not even a scumbag, but we knew he was paying players and this confirms it. And I don't care what anyone says, but the fact that I think Dawkins even said this at one point, the fact that Sean Miller and Will Wade, who Will Wade, I mean, his tapes were egregious what he was saying. And, yeah. And that just shows you like, Will Wade's just one of 15, 20. I mean, that's even lowballing it. Like there's so many coaches out there that are doing this. Like the quote at the start, nine of 10 are doing it. The other one's in last place here. We all know this. And I'm sure Will Wade is, as they said a couple of times, like he doesn't care at all. Like he's going to give you a strong offer and he's not willing to back down. And as he said, I think it's funny how he's saying, like, I made a very strong offer and a couple of people are like, well, you know, he could just be a scholarship. Like, that's definitely pain. No. Like you, <laughs> yeah. we all know that, and there's strong no ass offer. That. There is cash incentive. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, it confirms what we already know. But as I said, I think Dawkins said this. One part of it that was pretty crazy is that that Miller and Wade and whoever was accused really went up to the podium and said, "Like, I know for sure I didn't do this, and I have never paid a player. I've never." interacted with Christian Dawkins. Like, I don't know if they said that, but, you know, they're adamantly denying it. And Dawkins was like, you can't say that unless you know for sure, because that's obviously highly incriminating if it comes back to bite them. And I don't know, like, those guys both still have their jobs. It's incredible. Like, can you think 20 years from now, if you watch that documentary and you're like, Will Wade, like, what is he doing? Like, he might still be coaching at LSU 10 years from now. And he really only got like a slap on the wrist and same with Miller. It's just, what does it take for this thing to fold? And I honestly think maybe the NCAA stepped in and talked to the FBI and said, Hey, we're, we're going to pass our laws for voting to pay players soon. And we're, you know, in California, it's close. And I mean, that kind of came right on the heels of this whole corruption scandal with the FBI. So I don't know, maybe the timing was just, they realized now they got to do something, but you heard some of the comments from the president of the NCAA, Emirate, in that, and he was like, I think it's terrible to pay players. Well, now it seems like they're heading down that road, as they should. The The interesting thing about, you bring up the press conferences there that Miller and Wade both had. I mean, Miller, and, and Dawkins kind of echoes this, he deserves an Oscar for that performance that he put on up there. <laughs> I mean, he, he, was, he was Leo DiCaprio up there. Meanwhile, Will Wade... He's just stumbling and stammering, and he could not get through that press conference. Yeah, that he did. I, mean, I mean, he was like some D-list com- uh, commercial actor on that. <laughs> it was like the the Liberty commercial where where they've got the guy who's like auditioning for the for the commercial. It was, I mean, he he did a terrible job. Miller yeah. was unbelievable, given the circumstances. But Will Wade was, I mean, he he was he was pretty terrible in his his press conference. Absolutely, I. I think we knew Will Wade was cheating. That really confirmed. Like, he, to me, was blatantly 
of all the people that's like, how did this guy get off? Maybe Marty Blazer tops that list, actually. But Will Wade is a close <laughs> second then because I just don't get it, man. Like, it's there's just so many flaws there. And, I mean, going back to kind of the original thesis of this whole thing is when the NCAA went about it and stuck to not paying players, like, this was inevitable. Like, it's a capitalistic society here in America. People are going to find ways. I mean, the amount of money, as they laid out some of those Adidas deals and the sneaker deals, and obviously, you know, just the fact that March Madness is a billion dollars for a TV deal each year. Like, this is such an industry full of money, and like anything, money controls it. And, I mean, a player like DeAndre Aiden, for example, he can bring in serious dough to Arizona, and it completely impacts everyone. So obviously they're going to start paying for him and doing some under-the-table stuff, and that's never going to stop until it becomes legal here. And I really hope we get to a point, I don't know why, I've, I've heard now they're pushing this whole discussion back, which to me just feels like, I mean, you've got more time now than ever. I don't know why we have to push this discussion back. Like, let's get to the bottom of this and correct this before more of these scenarios pop up because it just looks bad on everyone's part. Like, the FBI looks terrible. The NCAA looks terrible. Sean Miller looks bad. It, there's Everyone's cheating. We all know it. So let's just get to the point where what they're doing is not considered cheating. When I saw the whole thing at the end where – it's the Southern District of New York, and it just gave me flashbacks to Billions, the show Billions. Yeah. I mean, and I was like, wow, this entire scheme was just literally a giant Billions operation. Like, if you think about it, like, okay, the Southern District of New York, boom, that's easy. You got your Chuck Rhodes out there. Then hmm. on top of that, Andy Miller, in a sense, is Axe. Like, he is the godfather <laughs> of everything that's going on right here. He is the man at the top of the totem pole. Then you got your, your Christian Dawkins, who is kind of like Taylor, and goes off, starts his own venture, and sure. starts rising up the ranks and sort of is a, a threat to Andy Miller in a sense. And it's just this whole this whole comparison, and then you got the whole FBI inv investigations and operations. And, I mean, it, this, this was billions played out in the sports world, in, my, in yeah. my opinion. That's a good comparison. It does feel like, I mean, the Southern District of New York at that press conference they came out and remember that quote that they said, we have your playbook. We have like, your playbook. They're making it, which is, it's laughable really, but they're making they these, nothing. Yeah, they're making these claims. Maybe, like maybe they did have something and then the NCAA stepped in and was like, let's not ruin our entire organization here. Like, can we like work out a deal or I don't know what happened. I mean, you hope that wasn't the case because that's even more corruption, obviously. But like, why were they so adamant and so confident? And it just seems like they went out of their way to prove, like, this is going to be serious. And I remember at the time thinking, like, okay, there are four or five other schools here linked to Adidas. Like, you know, NC State maybe. Like, who else is going down with this? Like, we know it's coming sooner rather than later. And nothing's happened here. Like, it led to nothing. So how did they go from, we have your playbook, to nothing to show for from this whole thing and now they're kind of back to square one here right and never helps when you've got your jeff d'angelo out, out gambling late in vegas nothing sure. good happens in vegas nothing no um which uh, i'm sure uh 
this whole investigation has learned. Um, anything else that you can remember from this that you really want to bring no, up, I, bring to the light? I was kind of hoping there'd be more on the tape side, and we would maybe find out something about another school because, like, we knew Will Wade and Sean Miller were were cheating, right? I mean, cheating by the definition of cheating right now, or they were paying players. We knew Rick Pitino was slimy. I was kind of hoping we'd see, like, another coach or something else come out of this, but it was a good documentary overall, and like I said, I wish maybe some other parties accepted interviews or the FBI was present in that because I do feel like we just got Christian Dawkins' perspective, and he's he's a pretty likable guy. Like That's why he was able to reel in all those clients and reel in all those players. So to me, he was pretty persuasive, and honestly, it, it may have been that he was doing a little bit worse than what he made it out to be just because that's how the documentary was lined up. But I don't know. I was hoping for a little bit more, I'd say, but overall it just kind of confirmed what we already know and that the NCAA has a problem here and they've got to start getting to the bottom of this pain players thing because it's just going to continue. I will say this. I wish they had Rothstein in this, right? Yeah. Because Over Wetzel, with John yeah. Rothstein, I mean, he knows, he knows what, what everything that's happening. I mean, his, his big tagline and, and the shirt that he makes for Will Wade is American Gangsta. And yeah. I mean, he, he prints the shirts. He already prints the shirts. And then you that got Christian Dawkins at the end who Dawkins. goes, yeah. Will Wade is a gangster. And yeah. like that, that what, why didn't we get Rothstein in this? It would have been so entertaining. Yeah. I think Billis would have been great too, considering his stance on paying players he's been very vocal about for a while now obviously so i maybe there could have been a couple more secondary guys to round out the other thing that was tough about the documentary is like they just didn't really have any visuals like i thought that what they did with the tapes and the phone calls was good but some of the stuff where dawkins is like walking into the hotel and like reenacting himself like walking out of the elevator and down the hallway it's just like it just looked goofy to me, but I, I mean, yeah. they did with what they had, I guess. Yeah. All right, so we couldn't give you a Final Four preview. Instead, we give you a film review here on the Made for March podcast. Tim, for Tim Leonard, I'm Tyler Aki. We're hoping to have some guests lined up over these next couple of weeks, talk about their time in college basketball, as well as what they're doing over these next couple of weeks as well until everyone gets back out into the real world so for all of you out there listening stay healthy stay safe and we will talk to you whenever we talk to you i I don't know when (laughs) we're going to talk to you because i mean hopefully it's soon the game was over